introduce yourself. Hi, um, absolutely. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie, for having me. Um, I'm Nicole Sorensen. I'm a respiratory therapist, and I am the owner of Sierra Alpine Studios, LLC. Awesome. So um, my first question is, imagine you are in a time machine, and you look at the early days in healthcare. What's one thing you tell your younger self besides investing in out, of course? <laughs> oh man, I, I guess investing is out. Um, expect <laughs> the unexpected and be flexible is really going to be the most important thing. I don't think any of us saw COVID coming or how it was going to rock our careers. So with that being said, I would highly recommend that everybody just is flexible and they're willing to learn and just be um, easy on their feet. I would highly recommend volunteering and uh, most importantly, take your vacation. Mm. Take yeah. your vacation. <laughs> and I don't mean you have to go to Mexico. Um, for me, my vacations were building a business, but take that time to feed your soul. I definitely do the vacations a lot. Maybe <laughs> way too much. <laughs> no such thing. Everyone's asking me like, where are you going next? Oh, I'm going to Trinidad and Tobago. It's like, where are you going next? Oh, I'm going gosh. to Jamaica. <laughs> Girl, you got to come to Lake Tahoe. <laughs> oh, I've never been. I was yes. really, like interested. Um, I just, I don't know. It's, uh, it's great. So you said volunteer. So yeah. how, how do you, how do you volunteer? Do you, how do you volunteer? So um, my volunteering has been a couple different things. For me, I'm active in my kids' classroom. So even working graveyards, I would set my alarm, get up at 11, read with kids for an hour, go back to sleep. Um, that fed my soul. That made me feel like I was present instead of just constantly not present. Because when I worked graveyards, it was hard being present with my family, being present with my children. And I lived with a lot of guilt. I think that a lot of us healthcare workers that are getting close to burnout, um, feel the guilt, feel the guilt of the things that we missed, uh, the opportunities or the ball games we missed. Mm -hmm. So I am the queen of overcommitting myself. I uh, don't regret it one bit. Working on getting a little bit better at it, but I don't regret it. Um, whatever your passion is, put a little bit of time. And I'm not saying you have to volunteer once a week, maybe once a month. Mm -hmm. uh, but be present with yourself is essentially what that means. It's just like feedback into yourself in some way. Yeah, because it's important when we pour out, it's kind of like um, mm -hmm. you can't pour for an empty cup. So yeah. doing whatever you can, either is volunteering, reading a book. I like karaoke because I sing. So I like doing that. That he's my cup. So it's just, um, I like when you said like volunteering because like even though we are in the caring field, like when you're doing something for and you're not going to get anything in return. It's just like you just feel the joy that you spread. Mm -hmm. So that is a great question, a great answer to your question. So can you tell me a little bit about your background and what drives your passion for healthcare and in your side hustle as well? Oh, man, I have a heck of a background. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I started my professional career in pharmacy. Um, I was a 
very young pharmacy tech in California, thought I was going to go to pharmacy school. Um, after a long journey of infertility, finally got pregnant with my first child and a little bit older than I wanted to, wanted to, and, um, realized being a pharmacist was not what I wanted. I'm going to be completely honest in the pharmacy I worked at. There was a lot of people that just were very unhappy, very unhappy, very miserable. Um, so for me, that was a sign I needed to do something different. So I went to my boss and I sat down with him and I said, Hey boss, I, I want to go to college, but I don't know for what think in nursing. And, uh, through this journey, he got in touch with HR. I found respiratory and I became a respiratory therapist. So, uh, through that journey, I got pregnant again, mid respiratory school and thought, Oh, that's okay. You know, I'm just working full time, going to school full time. At least this child is in my tummy, right? I can take him with me. Uh, but right before I graduated respiratory school, literally right before I went into labor on the clock and uh, walked down the hall to check myself in. And that little boy was born with chronic airway disease. Um, it's, it, to this day, it's been seven years and it still gives me chills. Um, my son was born with uh, laryngomalacia, tracheomalacia, and bronchiomalacia, which if you're not familiar with those, uh, laryngomalacia is one of the most common airway defects that babies can be born with. But most of us just consider it noisy breathing and they grow out of it. Um, as they mature a little more outside of the womb, their omega-shaped epiglottis that they're born with tends to harden a little more and it's less floppy. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case for my son. So um, I proceeded to finish college, graduate college, all while my son went under for his very first major surgery. And um, I was just really blessed that during the time and all the perseverance that I held through school, I had a job right out of school. The, the, I, or the, the hospital I was, I was doing my internship with had held a position for me. So I started working right away. Um, but more importantly than being an RT, I became a mom, uh, a mom of an airway warrior. And that really changed my journey because my passion for respiratory burned so much stronger than it ever burned before. I understood what it was like to stand by that bed and treat somebody else's child. But I also felt the feelings that that mom felt that was sitting there helpless when we're telling her to step aside and we're coding her baby. I felt those feelings. So my journey into respiratory was, I guess, different than I would ever have dreamed of. Um, I believe there was a higher power that guided me towards respiratory. Something guided me there because I never dreamed Travis would enter my life, nor would I ever dream that he'd become the reason for me starting a business. <laughs> um, but he's my, he's my baby. And I have another, uh, my daughter's, my daughter's my spitfire. She will be my spitting image. I guarantee it. But <laughs> Travis really fed my passion of being a respiratory therapist. He fed my passion and no matter what position I hold, whether it be hospital or home care, I have to find a way to make a difference. And it always, it's always not always, I guess I should say, it's not always with the patient that you're making a difference. And that's what I learned in his journey is maybe I make a difference for a family member who is losing their dad. Dad might be ready to go. Dad might be at peace with his life. Um, this happened recently to me, but the family is not. And, and our job goes so much further than pushing buttons on a ventilator so much further than squeezing an Ambu bag. Um, it may be just acknowledging that mom in the corner that 
feels like they're living a, a nightmare right now. So that's kind of how I got into respiratory and became a business owner. And, and now here I am, little Travis is seven years old. Um, a so lot of major stories. <laughs> how is his like lifestyle like? Is he like like vibrant? Like is he like going to school? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He lives a normal life. Um, we travel to a different state to see his pulmonologist and to have his surgeries. We've gone as far down as the Golden Gate Bridge, and I live in uh, Nevada near Lake Tahoe. So we've gone as far down as Benioff Children's Hospital to have surgery. But he lives a normal life. Thank the Lord for modern medicine. Um, he uses the smart method of asthma management, which I was super opposed to when I heard about it. But I tell you what, his PFTs for the first time in seven years were normal this summer. Wow. So he's, he's great. He's great. He's running. He's playing. He's screaming. He's taking his inhalers. <laughs> wow. That is so awesome. And then like, you, when you have the experience of being in the position of you're a mother and you're watching your child in the hospital bed, it just makes us a better caregiver. It makes you a better caregiver because you can share, mm -hmm. show empathy and you can show, you can show like that extra little touch to say like, you're not alone. Like I can, I can, we can like connect our hearts together. And it was just, that's just like a beautiful story, Nicole. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. He's my hero. He's literally what really gave me the drive to be a better respiratory therapist. Mm -hmm. He really did. I mean, if it wasn't for him, I, I don't know if I would have made it through COVID and still been passionate about my career. And, and there's a little piece of me that says he's the reason I'm still a respiratory therapist because I can't let go. Mm. I can't let go of these patients. I can't let go of these people. So he's teaching me to not overcommit and to manage my time better and to, to just block it out and, and understand like what's important and what's not. That is amazing. So I want to switch gears. I know that was like, I want you to bring you back to the present. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want nobody crying on the first podcast. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to change gears and so what um made you like passionate to start your business and what is your business girl it was medical bills <laughs> oh wow okay um I was also a single mom at the moment and I had met this amazing gentleman and he's like honey you just your brain is everywhere you got it you got a craft or something so I kind of started slow um I said man I can feel my passion to keep my hands busy to do something you know, I used to crochet between patients on really slow nights at night shift on my lunch break. So I could feel that passion. And then as I started pouring my heart into things I was making, people were asking to buy them. Uh, they were just, it just, I don't want to say went viral because we actually don't do any online sales at this point. Um, it just became my, you don't have to sell when you're passionate about it. So, you know, little lung earrings, little pictures of COVID, whatever it may be, it just was selling itself. So um, ultimately, the busier we got, the quicker we turned it into an LLC and decided to turn it into a business. And we were able to pay off all his medical bills. And now it's, it doesn't have anything to do with medical bills. Now, now it's, now it's our family business, our kids are involved, they travel with us. Um, we fit it into our spare time, but our business is actually laser artistry. So 
I know a lot of people have seen the glow forges and those laser machines, right? So that's what we started with. Uh, just as a hobby machine, but we've kind of grown into more industrial machines. We've invested in some thunder lasers. So kind of what we, what we're known for around here is our earrings. Some of my earrings, um, they're made on wood and they're hand painted. And we live in the state of Nevada and Nevadans, at least up north, are very patriotic and uh, very much in love with their state. So these are actually sold in local stores. And that's kind of been our business model. We realized we could not both have full-time careers and run a business. So we found partners that were going to help us build our business and it would be a win-win situation. So we're currently in eight stores at the moment, wow. I know, which keeps us busy. And that's exactly, we're able to pick and choose our other, our other opportunities. So we closed down all of our online sales so we could focus on our family. Okay. That way we didn't have to be on deadlines. You know, we have a schedule for refilling our stores. We can produce when we want to produce. Um, and we have one employee. Okay. So I can paint and then she can just do the tedious work, the hardware, inventory, stocking, things like that. So we just learned to leverage our time. Yeah, because you like dive right into like my next question was how you balance it. And it seems like you have partners and you also have an employee. So how did you um, like let go of the reins to just like say, I'm going to pay someone to help me because so many um, entrepreneurs are like solo entrepreneurs and they want to do everything on their own. And so how did you like transfer that mindset to say, I need help? I had to find what was important to me. And this is something that my dad uh, really coached me on. He's a, I always joke, he's an eternal entrepreneur. So I always knew I'd own a business. I just had to find, I've owned many businesses. <laughs> this has just been my most successful. Um, but he sat me down and he says, what's most important to you in this business? What screams Nicole? And I said, how I paint. That's something people can't duplicate. They're not going to paint like I paint. Um, and, and literally, they just try to make them little pieces of art. So he says, you do the painting, let somebody else do the other part. Let somebody else put them on the earring cards and, and print the earring cards and, and put the backings and the hardware on. So when I started looking at it that way, it, it showed me that I would have more time to keep the reins close on the part I love. So it didn't feel like letting go of the reins. It just felt like I was allocating my time more responsibly. That is a good point because sometimes we... We want to do everything and we just, we have to find the thing that makes us light up so we can delegate all the other tasks that we don't like to do. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that you um, started your business at work and um, during the downtime you were just crafting. So do you remember like a client success story? For my career? From your career and from your business. Gosh, I do. I I have a recent one. And I actually asked the family, where, no names, um, but I asked that the daughter has become one of my very, very good friends. So, um, yeah, I, I have to be very cautious to allocate my time properly. So I time block. I don't intermix the two because that's not healthy for my brain. <laughs> if I start, like, meshing um, you know, my business and my job, that's just not healthy. So 
I, I really have delineated lines between my business and my job. Meaning if I'm waking up at six 30 in the morning and I go to work at eight, I can wake up and get ready and work my business between six 30 and eight. Um, I'd never had like a business crocheting. I just, that's kind of what I did to keep my hands busy when I worked graveyards. That's kind of how I started like realizing I need to keep my hands busy, but I never really mixed the two. So, um, in terms of my job, I am still a respiratory therapist. I currently work home care, which I was terrified at first. Cause I thought, man, I'm going to lose every ounce of my skills. Right. Isn't that what we're always told? <laughs> yeah. No. no, I mean, if you get into the right home care and they let you have the autonomy to treat patients, you don't lose those skills. I can calculate title volumes quicker than I ever could in a code. Tell you what. So, uh, one of the most recent ones is I love bonding with my patients. Most of my patients are terminal. I don't know if it's going to be next week, next year, five years. Um, but recently I had a patient that passed away. And what I have found is towards the end, some of my patients, not all of them really like to share their journey. Hmm. And, um, I had an opportunity to sit down with the patient and just hear his journey, just hear about his time in the military, hear about his uh, dad and his brother running booze during the prohibition, things that you read in history books. And it was so neat. And and when he passed away, I was saying earlier, you got to be there for the family. He was at peace. He was ready, but his daughter was not. And um, his daughter has become one of my close friends. So that was a really special one for me. There's always the stories of saving lives. Um, I, I have three patients now that I was able to identify their airway defects before they even got to the hospital or before the doctors at the hospital did, because I had lived that as a mother. And I thought, man, I've learned so much through journey with Travis. But recently it's just been being part of these patients journey and, and not letting people die alone anymore. Hmm. That is so, that is so great that you were able to connect with the daughter and you were able to like hear this person's like last words, like per mm -hmm. se. So it's just because like one of my passions is hearing other people's stories because I feel like we learn so much from each other and stories are just so like intriguing. And I feel like it's better than Netflix because Netflix is not real all the time. I like, yeah. I like hearing like real stories. So I would say, um, I'll ask you, what is like a myth in healthcare that you believe is not true? Oh man, a myth <laughs> in healthcare. <laughs> the myth is that everybody thinks we're superheroes. Mm. We're human. Girl, we're human. Yeah. <laughs> we may go home and have a glass of wine. Like we may have marital problems or be going through our own things, but we have mastered the ability, I guess, to put on the cape in that part, in that in that position, you know? A lot of those people that are taking care of you may have a family member in the hospital. And that is a huge myth is they, they, they don't realize you never know how strong you are till being strong is the only choice you have. I've always lived by that, that motto, but I think a common myth is that they just, you know, you hear stories about jumping in and uh, saving a life on an airplane. And yes, that is doable. And there are some superheroes. I have met them that don't get nervous, but girl, I get nervous. <laughs> I get nervous. Yeah, I really do. I, I, I get, I don't think I get nervous. I just think like, 
what is will be like i'm using all of my skills to do the best i can and then like if they make it or if they don't make it i say like whatever is will be Mm -hmm. that's how i just that's how I, i try to like mentally keep it in my brain so that i can go on and take care of someone else because sometimes like when we when we go to work it's like one event of the next like intubation mm-hmm. rapid responses so it's just like one now there's a mech baby <laughs> yeah like one after the next so sometimes you just have to like take a deep breath as respiratory therapists we need to <laughs> we need to take a deep breath <laughs> <laughs> a few times so that we could actually just calm ourselves and be present and be in the moment and just be like the best we can be like I know like some we're they say like we're heroes but sometimes you just need to be a hero for yourself yeah instead of being a hero for other people you need to like save yourself first before you try to save someone else mm-hmm. so is there anything so what is the future of your business and your career say like the next five or ten years oh, man um <laughs> i absolutely want to pay off 100 percent of my family's debt with our business i love being in stores so the future of our business, believe it or not, is to be in stores everywhere we love to travel. Awesome. So Destin, Florida, hey, we're coming for you. We're going to North Carolina this winter um, for a wedding, and we've already made a business contact there. So we that's kind of our future. We, we want to travel with our children. And what better way to do that than around your business? Wow, that is so cool. So you, so how do you find the stores where you want to sell your products? So far, we've been lucky. They've been coming to us, believe it or not. Uh, The North Carolina store, we met them at a craft fair. They were on vacation here and they saw our, our work and reached out to us and said, how can we carry this in your store, in our store? And so we booked a trip out there and booked a vacation and we're heading out there. Um, Most of the time I just walk in with my product and I leave one pair of earrings and a business card. And like I said, it, it, if you're passionate about what you do, it sells itself. All you have to do is share it. So share your passion talk to them a little bit about how everything you made is handmade or how you created this app because what is your, because what is your, why, why did you create the app? And when you master what's inside of you, like I created this app because I felt I needed more organization And I'm hoping to share that with other people. It just sells itself. Wow. That is amazing. And I I just like, you shut down online stores. And it's like, you have to be physically in a place to (laughs) go buy your earring. But if you are... I'll ship you some, girl. You text me your address. I got you. (laughs) You want some lungs? I I, I would love some lungs. (laughs) Got I would you. love those. And then I would like modeling them. Like, like, yes. We may open that up in the future. Um, the employee is new. She's only three months in with our business. So mm-hmm. we want to get through our Christmas season, which is our busiest season. And then we will start understanding like if we have the capacity to open online sales back up. So that is absolutely a potential that those may open back up. Okay. 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 I feel better now. 
That's <laughs> better now for all the viewers and all the listeners to be able to purchase um, Nicole's. What is your business name? Sierra Alpine Studio. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and just reach out to us. We love the personal connection. So reach out to us and say, hey, I saw the podcast. I'm interested in a pair of long earrings or whatever it may be. Um, and we can do, you know, personal sales um, through our business account. We can invoice somebody. We just are cautious about online platforms because we want to be able to give you our word and fulfill it. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't always do that on Etsy and Shopify right now because people buy, buy, buy. And then, girl, I got a bunch of 12-hour shifts coming up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sleep, sleep, sleep. So yeah, just reach out to us. We're a very small town personal business right now. So I know that Respiratory Care Week is coming up. So are you offering any specials or anything for Respiratory Care Week? Heck yes. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. (laughs) What's your favorite number? My favorite number? Uh I like seven. Okay. So we're going to do 7% off of everything. Oh, okay. Yep, just reach out to me. Um, if you look on our Facebook and Instagram, you can see some of our artwork. Uh, a lot of our stuff is custom made at the time you order it. So reach out to us and let us know. And um, let us know that you found us through Scrubs Unzipped Podcast, and we'll make sure you get 7% off of everything. Awesome. Man, I should have said 10. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> oh, you want to do 10? Okay, I'm down with 10. 10. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I like 7. I, like I think I'm coming up on 10 years as an RT now, so we'll do 10. <laughs> Was it ten? Okay, okay, ten. ten. Okay. And it's easier for me to tell my husband because he does a lot of the invoicing. <laughs> okay, okay. He's a construction guy. So you do you can ship them out. Absolutely. Yes, okay. we can. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how we keep the, the stores outside of Nevada going as we ship. So um we're just cautious right now because we still work full time. Okay. Until we start building up our employee base, we want to be able to commit and to get everybody their product that we say we're going to get them okay. without compromising our care as RT or construction supervisor, whatever he does. <laughs> okay. Okay. So is there anything else you would like the viewers, the listeners to know wrapping up the episode? Um, do you have any, you've already given like a whole bunch of nuggets that I'm just going to have to like, chop it up and just make it nice and beautiful for social media but is there anything you would like to to add um during the last few minutes just follow your passion and if you feel overwhelmed it's okay it's okay to stop and take a breath that's all that's that's kind of how we're learning to live life one step at a time at least in my household that is a great advice so thank you so much Nicole for being the first guest on Scrubs Unzipped. And I just wanted to let you know that um, I value you as a healthcare worker and I'm, I appreciate you for um, answering the call, for being a guest on this podcast because my passion is about hearing the stories behind the Scrubs, hearing the stories behind all the things that we do in at work and even in our personal lives because we are multifaceted people like there's more things that we can do not just what we do at work so Mm -hmm. i just want to thank you and i appreciate you 
And um, thank you so much for joining. And I will connect with you 10% off um, for Nicole. And I put everything in the show notes so that you can purchase some handmade earrings and jewelry. Yep, I'll get a link together this evening. Um, I'll get a link together that you can post as well. And um, I'll create some custom stuff that we can share that will be custom for Respiratory Care Week. Awesome. How's that sound? Thank you so much. <laughs>